If you don't plan, you don't do. Hi, I'm Anita Joyce here with Kelly Wilkness, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, Episode 360, How to Make a Decorating Plan. And the show notes for today's episode can be found at decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash 360. And we have a lot to cover today, Kelly. We do. Um, And we cannot emphasize the importance of making a plan, whether you're decorating or redecorating. Um, And we're probably going to run through some of these things fairly quickly so we can get all of our um, ideas and steps in for you in one episode. And then if we feel like, you know, other items on the list need more attention, we can always break it down into different episodes. But it'd be, you're going to get this whole, it's about 20 steps of how to do a decorating plan in the episode today. So again, if you are a note taker, grab your pen and pencil and let's get rolling. So I'll toss out the steps and then Anita and I will jump in and let you know, you know, if you need to have a little more detail on them. The first thing that we suggest that you do is to look at your home inside and out with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is important. And so what you're going to do is walk through your house as if you'd never seen your house before and try to see it like a visitor sees your house that's never seen it before. So walk through and kind of notice things and look at things that you might not have even paid attention to before. Exactly. And the number two step is take photos of each room. Now, that was Anita's like, oh, bright light. <laughs> like Everybody was like, that's the best idea. Like, honestly, I think that will hold true as like the tip of all time. Uh, because when you start taking photos of each room, you definitely see things that you don't see. And so if you're trying to have fresh eyes, you might not have fresh eyes unless you're looking at, at the room in a photo. Well, that's right. And the photo doesn't lie. I, you really will notice things, I promise you, in the photo that you do not notice when you're in the room in person. Things will become crystal clear from the photo uh, when you look at it. But also, I love the idea of a photo in the beginning because this is your before photo. So it's really imperative that you take that picture. Right. So it serves both purposes. Okay. And you know, I sh- we should say that these steps are steps. They should be taken in order. So we're giving you them them to you in the order in which we think you should address them when you're decorating or redecorating. And this is how you're going to have this overall plan that's really going to work for you. So number three, take your architecture into consideration. It really matters the style of home you have. It will inform a lot of the decisions that you make going forward as to how you're going to decorate the interior. Mm-hmm. Right. And also keep the neighborhood in mind. Uh, what What's going to work in this neighborhood? And maybe you want to go off-road, but I think it's just something to think about before you start your project. Number four, assess and list the givens and or the must stays. So a given may be your ceiling height. Ah, uh, yes. What's an example of a must stay? 
Well, maybe you have some flooring that you don't really like, but you cannot afford to replace it. So we dealt with this with uh, a client recently where we talked about maybe putting in some large carpets to cover that floor that she wasn't so happy about. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to take that all into consideration. Are you going to have to decorate around it? Is there a way that you can mask it? Or is it a way that you can embrace it or change it so you love it? But these are the things that you can't change, at least right now. Um, Number five kind of comes up a lot, budget. Now, we encourage you always to think about budget in a more positive way, um, not in a limiting way, but in a way that gets you to be more creative, to be more creative, to think out of the box. Um, So... I think that's a healthier way to look at budget because there's that word is like, wah, wah, nobody likes that. So, but it's a reality. So, you know, if you can't replace the floor that Anita just mentioned, then, you know, you can't, but, you know, you might be able to do other things that are fabulous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you need to keep that in mind. And if you have some play there, once we get to the pricing later on, you might want to make an adjustment to your budget, but it's good to have some sort of number that you know you've got to work with because that really is going to affect what you can do and what you can't do. Number six, break down your plan, your the plan you're forming right now into the separate rooms that you're going to address. Maybe the whole house. It may be just one or two rooms. It may be one room. So you're going to want to assess what rooms are involved. And then now you're starting to get a little more specific in the plan. You're going to then you know maybe have... Uh, whether you work on your computer or notebooks or whatever, you're going to have space for each different room. Yeah, I think this is so important because I think it's like looking at an elephant and eating it. It seems way too big, but if you break it down by one bite at a time or break it down one room at a time, it becomes much more it feels more doable. But the other thing is I really love the idea of just doing one room at a time. And when I've done this, I can feel some sense of accomplishment and I can look back and say, that room is done, now on to the next one. So I love this approach to decorating to really do one room at a time. Yeah, I agree. That's a great way to do it. You're not water bugging all around and you actually have this sense of accomplishment and a room is done. Um, So when you're breaking it down now in the step number six into separate rooms, uh, there's lots of reasons why you do it. Then you Maybe you decide later, oh, this room is more utilized by my family, or I just can't stand the kitchen the way it is. This is a room I'm going to... So it helps you prioritize rooms. It helps you figure out where you're going to put the funds that you have in your budget to what rooms and what rooms can wait a little bit. So there's a lot of reasons why you're going to want to start narrowing it down and separating the rooms out. Another one is step number seven. You have to really consider function. So not only the overall function, how how many people are in your house, how many pets, you know, are there people coming and going? Do you have house guests a lot? You know, how does your home or how do you want your home to function overall, but how you want each one of these rooms to function? You know, if you're not a family who watches TV together, you know, do you need a big family room with a giant TV on the wall? If you're not a family that's very large. And so you don't need a large dining room to eat together every night. You can eat in the kitchen. You know, that might inform some decisions about how the dining room's used. Maybe that becomes a multi-purpose room. So all these things will help you decide how you're going to decorate the rooms. 
Number eight, take a look. Is anything missing in your house? Now, I don't mean like where's my keys or the remote or something, but things like I need an office, but there isn't an office in this house currently. Uh, We could really use more closets. There's not enough closets. Uh, Maybe not dedicated closets, but we just need more storage. That's going to inform your choices for furnishings and maybe even doing a little bit of construction in some of the rooms. Yeah, that's a good point. Especially storage is very well, is very important to know if you're going to need much storage because that uh, needs to be part of your plan, how you're going to address that. Right. And right now there are so many options with furnishings where storage is available, almost like secret storage. Like you don't even know that ottoman opens up or, Mm -hmm, you know, there is something under that bookcase. So it can be something that you can then fill in the blank and fill in the storage with some of your furniture choices. But if you don't think about it and then you've bought an ottoman that doesn't have storage, well, you know, you've lost that opportunity. Okay. So this is a good one. And this is fun. Number nine is assess your style and figure out what it is. Oh, this is so important. And we've done a couple of episodes on this. We'll link to those. But this is a critical step. You need to know, are you headed to Dallas? Are you headed to uh, Orlando? Where are you going with this? You kind of need to know what your look is going to be before you get started. So this is a very important step. Right. And we have lots of suggestions about how you do that in these other episodes. But, you know, just look around, start yourself some secret Pinterest boards, pull things out of magazines, uh, look at the style that you have right now, you know, back in step one, when you're just assessing your whole house and taking a look at it, you know, decide, do I love what's going on here? Maybe you do. Fantastic. How could I add more of that? Or if I want to get away from a certain look or a certain color palette, how am I going to segue? Because sometimes you just can't go from one look to another right away. That's very expensive, dramatic, um, and just may not be within the budget. So figure out what your style is, what you want your style to be. Um, We would suggest number 10 is to make a Pinterest board for each room that you're going to be decorating. Don't mix them. So make these secret boards, you know, whoever, you know, Annie's bedroom, you know, the Murphy's family room, whatever it is, make boards for each room and then pin things accordingly. And that'll help you not only, you know, separate them out functionality-wise, but uh, look-wise, style-wise, and then you can see overall, you know, where where are you going with regard to the look and the color palette? Yeah, if you want to do a mood board, you can, but you do not have to. You can simply put some Pinterest boards together. But if you want to create an actual mood board where you're pulling specific things together and putting it all in one place, one chair, one fabric, and all of the stuff, carpet, wall treatment, uh, curtains and so forth you some a few free sources are free resources are canva and adobe spark so you can try those yeah and that's pretty easy to do and it's fun um okay so now we talked about separating the rooms out now we would suggest in number 11 is to prioritize the rooms because as anita pointed out it really is very satisfying to do one room completely rather than oh i put a lamp in 
in you know the bedroom and I've, I've got a chair for the living room, then it feels like you're not really done. It's going to take you a lot longer to get that satisfaction. So prioritize the rooms, decide where, you know, what you're going to tackle first and where most of the budget is going to go. And Nita loves this one. Step 12, your palette. Oh, the color palette. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you just want a few main colors and and maybe up to four supporting colors. And this is going to be very important. We're going to try to stick with these colors as you decorate the room. Yeah. So as we've said over the two and a half years of decorating tips and tricks, a limited color palette. Uh, that doesn't mean it has to be neutral. It just, you know, neutrals are nice to work into every palette, but limited. You know, you don't want a zillion different colors. So we can reference different episodes that we talk about the limited color palette, but it comes up over and over again. And we know a lot of you have started embracing that way to decorate because of you've been emailing us about it. And so um, it really does work. So you haven't tried the limited color palette, definitely give that a whirl. Number 13. Lucky number 13, what you will use, give away, sell, reupholster, and or paint or upcycle in some way. Assess. Now we're getting, we're gone from rooms now and colors and style and all that. Number 13, we're starting to get a little bit more specific, right? So we're going to talk about actual pieces of furniture, actual pieces of decor. Yeah. So there may be something in your room you really have never liked. Now is the time to think about getting rid of it, giving it away or selling it, consigning it. There's so many options for moving furniture out of your house, whether you give it away or sell it. I think this is the time to look at that. And sometimes the solution is just to paint it. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. The fresh eyes thing that we talked about way back in uh, step one, while you're looking with fresh eyes, you know, you might make some notes to yourself. You know, I'm on the fence, but maybe, you know, grandma's upright piano needs to go or, uh, you know, I never, uh, my coffee table, it looks like it got stuck in 1985. These things... Now, when we're at step 13, it's time to sort of let them go. Don't, you know, don't get, unless you hate it, hate it, hate it. Um, don't get rid of it until you've done all these other steps. Because yeah. who knows? You might find a place for it. Um, and it may, giving new life might work in a different room. But now we're at step 13. You've done all this other work. You're ready now. And if it's going to feel so good when the, you know, the thrift store truck pulls up or you stuff it in your, in your <laughs> really will trunk great. and you go give it to somebody who can really use it. Okay. No, step 14, make a list and you're going to have a list for your projects. And that is going to be, you know, maybe what you're painting or, you know, what you what need to get a carpenter in for. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Or any kind of workman that you're going to have come in and do this or that or curtains that need to be hung. I think there's a list of things of of labor activities that might need to occur in your project. Right. And again, you know, all these steps should be done in this order for best effect, but they interrelate. So you make a list of these projects and if some of them involve 
contractors and whatnot, go get your estimates because that's going to figure into, what was it, number five, your budget, right? So all these things are going to be able to help you inform your decisions. So, you know, really what room are you going to pull the trigger on first and get going on first? Uh, And then 15 is also a list, but this is a fun list. You're going to make a list of things that you would like to buy. You are not going to buy anything yet, but you're going to make a list. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> you know, you bet. I hope no one was shopping between step one and I step know. 15. It's so hard. You can make a list of things that you're going to buy. And it can be very specific because maybe you had your eye on things while you're doing all this. Um, it could also be very general. I need two chairs. I need a coffee table, things like that. So make a list of the things you're going to buy. Again, this list, if it's super long, may really impact your budget. You know, this list, if it's super short, maybe means that you can put some of that money towards creating a closet that you wanted. But if you don't know, if you can't see all the things that you need or all the things you'd like to get, then it's going to be hard to know where you should put the funds and put the efforts. Step 16, this is a fun one too. Start to collect your paint chips, swatches of fabric, swatches from maybe natural woven shades, anything that is something that you would want to put into the house that you can get order a swatch for, whether it's free or they charge you a couple bucks, it's so worth it. Oh, I think this is really critical because the monitors on the computers are not all set the same way. So something can look one way in a picture and then different when it arrives. Sometimes the product has changed slightly at the manufacturers, but they haven't updated the photos. And some photos have been adjusted just to make it look better. And that's not really what it looks like. So if you can get swatches and fabrics, I highly recommend that. Yeah. And then 17, in this step, you're going to research the prices and the availability of the things that you want to get. Because you will be surprised if you take some time. Uh, sometimes the prices vary wildly. Yes. And also, here's another tip. Depending on the item that you're going to get, they also might vary wildly the time of year that you're buying. Yes, yes. Oh, and just once you have your list of what you want to buy, now you can start checking the websites to see when they're going to have their sales. And when you see it's going on a pretty good sale, then you know that's time to buy it. Right, right. Um, and there's, you know, there's certain times of year, I think, that there are better prices for different items. Um, so, you know, just that it's, things make sense. There's also seems to be a lot of white sales and things like that in January. And so, uh, I don't know what's the best time to buy a sofa, but I'm sure if you Googled it, somebody would tell you. Probably so all the these fall, because that's popular. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, before the holidays. Before the holidays, right. A lot of things, right, before the holidays because people are wanting their house to look ship-shaped because maybe they're having company or something like that. Um, Step 18, double-check your measurements before you order anything. So that would mean, or impact, I should say also, the scale of what you're purchasing. Again, a lot of your shopping might be done online, and that chair that looks so comfy just may be too big for your room or too big to get into your room. So these are all things that you need to check out. Yeah. My old red sofa, 
almost didn't make it through the front door of my old house. So right. yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was really sweating it. So be sure that's going to fit through your door and it's going to work in your room because that's another thing that we see a lot of is furniture that's maybe not quite scaled properly for a room. So that's something that would be nice for you to know before it comes, before you buy it. Right. And think about, how, you know, obviously you're going to be excited and then think about how these pieces are going to work in your room and whatnot. But but do think about the balance of the room, um, the scale of the furniture, and how this the shapes of the furniture relate to each other. You know, if everything is really heavy, even if you think, oh, it's a light color or whatever, if it goes to the ground, if it's got a slip cover, if it's got, you know, like kind of a skirting on it, and it just looks like a big solid piece, you might not want all your pieces of the room to look like that. You know, maybe you want some piece where you're seeing a little bit more leg, you know, something that's a little airier, just sort of balance out the visual weight in the room. So, and even if you say, you know, I would order less and then go back and maybe add the accent chair or add the extra table or something like that. Because you know, once you get it home, it's very hard, especially if you've ordered it online, to return furniture. Absolutely. I think that's an excellent point. Okay. So 19, uh, now you get to buy everything in prioritized order. My suggestion is buy the big stuff first. Mm-hmm. Obviously, do your shopping like we talked about. And you're going to compare prices, try to get the best price. But if you start buying like, oh, you know, you all of a sudden you have a whole guest room full of little decor pieces and, you know, guest towels and a vase and all this stuff. And all of a sudden the budget is like going out the window because you bought all this little stuff. Buy the big stuff first. You can always add in the little stuff later on. Well, and I like to get my biggest bang in the beginning So if you do your bigger pieces first or your bigger things first, that's going to impact the room more than some small little tray that you're going to put somewhere. So I think it's going to be very gratifying for you as you're working through the project. Yeah, good point. And number 20, the best one. Yes. Put your feet up in your room. Oh, I love it. Pop a bottle of champagne, you know, get, make yourself a cup of tea, invite some friends over, enjoy your space. Um, you did it. You went from step one, you assessed and you came all the way to you know, sitting in that room and enjoying the beauty that you've created. So definitely try, you know, try to get in all your rooms and use them to their fullest potential and use them the way you want to use them with your family and your friends. That's the joy. Of, of putting this all together, right? I mean, it's it's not because, uh, you know, you just, you're waiting for a magazine to come and take pictures. The, the point of all of this and all we talk about all the time is to create this space that's a, a, a warm and cozy and uh, embracing atmosphere for you and your family. And I think doing, you know, going through these steps, Anita and I just didn't make these up off the top of our head. Like we, you know, this is how we approach things. Um, and then we came together and we sort of, tossed ideas back and forth and we put we are combined our ideas and our practices together to put this list together for you. Yeah. And I this isn't really a step but something I just want to mention to you as you're going through this is to stay open to changes because as you're doing all this you may have a particular chair 
in your mind's eye that you want to use or you found a picture of it. But then when you go shopping, you can't find it. Mm. Maybe it's out of stock. Maybe the price is just ridiculous. So, you know, just have some flexibility. uh, Or you may find that you had one thing in mind, one table in mind. But then when you start looking, you find something you like even more. So be open, be flexible. And uh, I think it's going to be a much more fun process. And it is so fun. And, uh, you know, I think breaking it down into the steps, you you know, you can do a few of them. A lot of them are prep work, you know, just like what they say about painting, like 75% of the job or more should be the prep work. Like you need to do the prep work to get the results that you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into this. And I'm actually thinking about doing a, a kitchen redo of the vacation rental that we have. And there's a lot to it. And it's even more difficult because I don't live there. So, I mean, I'm really going to have to go through all these steps to make sure that everything's going to come together properly. And she uh, goes over each type beautifully and really explains what each personality type is all about, the motivations, what they do when they're in balance, when they're not in balance. And I found this to be very helpful for my own personal help in in dealing with people. I've been very familiar with Myers-Briggs personality types, but I felt like this better explained the people in my life to me where I finally went, okay, that explains that. And this makes sense to me. And so I think it's been very helpful to help me better understand people. So you might enjoy that one. Oh my gosh. Well, you guys should know that. I guess what it was when we were at Round Top, right? Anita and I went back and we were chilling out at her aunt's lake house because we got to st- oh no no it was when oh. we were doing texas flipping move yes 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 second flip yes okay yes, yes. and then uh so we're having a glass of wine and we had like you know got just you know showered up got all the dust and dirt and grime off from the day and chilling out and all and nita all was like want me to give you a personality t-? <laughs> she loves those i do I do. I had never been given a personality test. I don't think she ever gave me my results. <laughs> I did too. I I'm did joking. Too. You're like, oh, that. Of course, but it. see, my but oh. see, what explains it is my personality type spends ten minutes on something and thinks they know, thinks they're an expert. So that does that explain something to oh, you? Oh yeah, there you go. So there you go. Whatever. Oh yeah, it's fun. I mean, I had fun with it. It was really interesting. So yeah, I'm going to check that out. That sounds um, like what's your, a good list. Yeah, what's your crush? Oh, okay. Mine is black drop cloths. Oh, really? Yeah. You know how everybody makes everything out of the, well, bloggers yes. were doing, and then other people started doing, making things out of drop cloth mm-hmm. material. I've which done is, it. I've, yeah, which I've, is a really mm-hmm. cool material um, and washes really well and can soften. So I was looking around for something to throw over my sofa because of my doggies and also a few other purposes. I wanted to do some outdoor curtains um, actually in my garage to sort of, you know, cover up some of the bins and stuff. I I still haven't done that, but I purchased this black drop cloth and it is fantastic. It's a great way to get a big expanse of sort of a black canvasy type material. And I mean, obviously you could turn it into anything, but you know, I thought they only came in that sort of flaxy color. 
How fun. What a great idea. Yeah, oh, I so I mean, it's kind of like, you know, these. yeah, let your imagination run with it. But, you know, even if you wanted to do, you know, true outdoor curtains with them, that could be so cool. Well, but the other thing is, if you're making something big, you know, in my book, French Accents, mm-hmm. I have a tutorial on how to create a long drop bedspread from drop cloth. And the reason that's so, su- such a nice fabric to use is because it's so inexpensive compared to going to the fabric store to buy fabric. So if someone's wanting to use some black denim type fabric for a project, I think this is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And there are, uh, you know, there's all different sizes, you know, just like there. And I think it's the same as the regular drop class. There's a a certain weight to them. Oh, so right. I know right. I talked about that in one of the podcasts and I, I truly cannot remember which episode that is in, but you can, you could just Google it like the weight of a canvas. And so then you'll understand how to read the descriptions. So some are a little heavier duty uh, than others. And so you can decide, you know, what is best for your type of project. If you're using a sewing machine, you might want not not want something that's so industrial strength. Mm-hmm. Right. So take, take a look at that. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to somebody who emailed us right now, Lizzie, Lizzie O. Uh, it was just such a fun email to get. Lizzie is a congressional staffer. She had some time off and she was wanting to kind of, you know, refresh her home a little bit. And I guess she was searching around, I don't know, on iTunes or Podbean or whoever to looking for podcasts because she listens to political podcasts and she was getting tired of them. And I can see why. I can't imagine that. (laughs) Right. So there Lizzie is and she finds decorating tips and tricks and she's like, I love it. Capital letters. So welcome. To the fold, Lizzie. We are so happy to have you. Um, she, and Lizzie's in DC, you know, as you would imagine, as a congressional staffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hi, Lizzie. Thanks yeah. so much for writing to us. Yeah, that was so fun. So I uh, want to say hey to Lizzie here on the show. Our question today is from Terry. And the question is about kitchen cabinets. So we're not really getting into color or whatnot. I'm really not sure what color Terry's intending to have them be or paint, but she is refacing some existing cabinet shell, you know, the, the shell of the cabinet, I should say. And so she needs to choose the front. And so she was asking us, what do we suggest for a timeless look? Well, I love the shaker front cabinets. Now, if she has a contemporary kitchen or she wants a more contemporary look, then I would suggest those flat front doors where it just looks like a wall and the drawers and cabinets, it all just looks pretty flush. I think that's a very nice look for a contemporary house. And then, like I said, the shaker for a more traditional look. Now, can you explain shaker in in case anybody's not, can't conjure up that image? Well, it's like you took a little, little strip of wood and outlined the door or the drawer so that there's a little, what is it like an inch and a half, two inch piece of wood that, Mm -hmm. that basically outlines the door. Right. So it's almost like a a frame around the wooden door, but it's set on top of it is the shaker look. So So you said it better than I did. Well, no, no. Sometimes I take so long to say something. Everybody knows that, but you said it succinctly. Um, I think that would be a great choice, Terry. And that kind of the shaker kind of goes with, you know, any look. Um, 
you might also find one where it has this this shaker, as we're saying, like that extra piece of molding around it. But then maybe there's like a little uh, bevel, like a little quarter round or something that joins the the molding to the flat front. You know, that gives it a little bit more of a profile. I have that sort of look. So mine is not um, like shaker. I don't want to say it's severe, but it's basically like a 90 degree angle. So you might want to have something that has a little bit more profile in there. But here's the cautionary tale. Uh-oh. Okay. I love my kitchen cabinets and I, and they just are very pretty. And they had this extra little, I would say like routed out area around the bottom. So it's, it's as Anita described, kind of shaker, but that has this extra little bevel inside. So it's kind of a little softer look, but then all around the edge of each cabinet and drawer, it's just like a re- routed out uh, just giving it a little extra profile, if you will. Now, if you can't picture that, you know, I'll try to have a look on my blog. I'll put a link to it. But here's the thing. It looked great. Like until like six months went by. And then anytime there's a spill or even a little just dust gets in there, I, it makes me a little crazy. I would actually have to go in with a Q-tip oh, or no. like a little like kind of flattened out piece of wet, rag or paper towel oh, no. and kind of shoo, so shoo, shoo, back and forth no, to no, clean no. it. And really at the end of the day, I mean, it looks nice, but it's not really adding all that much to my kitchen. So, so what I'm saying is be careful when you're picking the cabinet faces, just make sure there's no really thin sort of deep routed area or anything like that, because it is going to catch, you know, either liquid drips or it's just going to catch dust or, you know, if somebody spills food, obviously it could get stuck in there and it's just really hard to clean. Good point. Good point, Kelly. So we went deep into the being smart and then there's a problem with it. And there's always a little something, a little cautionary tale there for you and the the cabinet choices. So good luck that that Terry, welcome Lizzie. Thank you to everybody for listening today. We had a lot of fun, uh, you know, Anita and I bantering these ideas around and we really felt good about this list of 20 steps that we came up with for you. So I hope that you use this. Um, if you have anything you want to add to us, certainly give us an email at uh, decoratingtipsandtricks at gmail.com. And as always, we are here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time. want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space. We are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon.